Welcome to the Chaos Network. Now you're all in big, big trouble. What time is it? What time is it? We will throw out all kinds of sports topics. The moment Delonte West banged LeBron's mom, Bron had every right to do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah, that's horrible. Political views. If we get rid of abortion in the United States, what happens when Ben Roethlisberger is uh, holding <laughs> down some chick and gets her pregnant and she can't get rid of the baby? <laughs> Is that your best? Random rants and stuff. Are you supposed to record podcasts sober? I'm your huckleberry. I do drugs all my life. My life will be shorter. Oh, Peyton Manning breaks his fucking arm. <laughs> oh, Sunday night. I don't think we've done a Sunday night show in a little while. I think last Sunday we were... Oh, yeah, I was sitting there watching Gov take his jacket and sling it around going, staying alive on the dance floor and having a good time, even though that was Saturday. So... Um, it, it's kind of what you all had hoped for. It's kind of what you all hoped and dreamed would happen on a show that I wouldn't be the only one here. So you didn't have to listen to my fucking voice and my crazy take solo. I've actually got people that may be joining me tonight. I got Gov here, the guy who goes fucking John Travolta on the dance floor, which is kind of badass. It was like, you got to see this sexy beast. Actually, we should, I should tweet out some of those pictures. Just so you can get an idea of what that was like, that was borderline epic. What's up, big guy? Not a whole lot, man. I definitely appreciate the uh, props to the uh, 36, 37 year old man who can't dance, but was out there getting down, man. Fuck yeah, he was, dude. I, well, you're the out guy out there getting down. I'm the guy out there just looking at the guy getting down, thinking I can't do that. There's no way. Here's what I don't get though. Why is it a requirement at fucking wedding to do like the electric slide or the cha-cha slide or whatever you want to call these dances? Really? It's not that entertaining. and No. No, it's it's not. And, like, I, I wasn't there the whole time because we bailed earlier to, you know, fornicate. Um, but, like, usually, like, especially in Midwestern weddings, it's all, like, chicken dance and shit like that. Did they bust that out at all? Well, that's, like, a very European thing. So if you have a European family that you traditionally pull out the chicken dance. But, no, they did not pull that out at that particular wedding. Should we should we think if Nick gets married, we're going to do a chicken dance at his wedding? If Nick gets married, who knows what the fuck he'll be doing. I'm sure we'll be carrying people on chairs, and I don't know what kind of men we're going to bring to carry that big motherfucker. Oh, my God. Dude, there's no, like, Alex's wedding, we were doing, oh, they, like, cut a pig or something like that. Or carve a pig is like. Oh, yeah, you do the pig dance. There's yeah. There's a picture this week from uh, Nick's brother, Chris, uh, up on the uh, Facebook. Yeah. I yeah, like yeah. Old, I sound like an old man up on the Facebook. Up on the Facebook. <laughs> you got to put an S on the end of everything, too, as an old man. It's the Facebooks. It's like when my mom was around, that's what, she, everything had an S on the end. I'm going to go to Kroger's. Mom, there's there's no S on the end of Kroger's. Okay, I'm going to go to Kroger's. Where Go wherever you want to go. I'm not going to meet you there because I don't know where it's at. But go ahead. Yeah, so I remember, and like tons of money flowed in for that. It was It was nuts. So, they, you know. Whatever. So, yeah, we'll have to do that. And if we do have to carry a, a, a chair for Nick, I'm opting out of that one because you're right. He's, he's he's huge. Yeah, we're going to need to invite some real pro athletes to that one. Oh. That big motherfucker. Yeah, no shit. Or hope he goes on Alex's diet plan and loses some. Not that he's fat. He's just big. Um, Cool. Well, I got you. You got me. We might even have uh, Snowflake here later. We got um Hollywood who's uh, in Bora Bora still who hopefully isn't dead because we haven't heard from him in days since he doesn't have communication. But, you know, Amanda may flip the switch and decide to cut off his cock, and then it may be all over, so who knows. 
Yeah, she did make a post today on uh, the Facebook, letting us all know how how great uh, Bora Bora was, or is, I should say. Yeah, well, that's cool. There's their pictures. Uh, no pictures. The only pictures are uh, are from his like one night overstay in California. Holy cow! Oh, well, I don't know that I want to see pictures, man. No, for two two purposes. One, when another friend wants to pull out their honeymoon photo album, the first thing you're thinking is, like, don't show me something I don't want to see. Or show uh, me something I want to see, depending. And then secondary to that, it's like, dude, that's a beautiful god darn place. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I want to see photos just because it's just going to make me want to go there even more. Yeah, it sounded like, I mean, just, yeah. I, I, I do want to see pictures, but just before I'm planning on going on a vacation so I can have an idea where to go, that's for sure. If, well, that'll be in 2014. I'm gonna be af- I'm afraid of vacation this year. I mean, I may end up getting stolen and a kidney ripped out. I mean, just that <laughs> this year, I'm staying home all year. And I'm going to be in a plane crash. 2013, not my year. Anyway, so I'll do housekeeping real quick. Uh, Governor, I got him here, which is awesome. I've missed him. I mean, the voices in my head can only keep me company for so long. Uh, you want to hit him up on Twitter? It's uh, I'm sorry, on the Twitter. It's uh, at Governor Baines. Or are you Governor underscore Baines? I always forget. Governor underscore. Governor underscore Baines. Uh, on the Twitter, you can hit uh, Hollywood up, Boys Town up. West Covina, whatever you want to call him, at SOW Hollywood. Uh, Snowflake will be in in a little bit, possibly. Now, he says this, rarely does he make it, but uh, we have hope. Uh, he is at Kendall Scott, and I am at FN Chaos. And you can hit the show up at uh, uh, Sports to Letter R Way blog. So, um, other than that, um, shows that have been going on this week, it's been like a whole hiatus week. I did a, I did a Sports R Way on Thursday, and then on Friday, we actually did an Idiots in a Box, and then uh, Saturday was Footprints, and today we have another Sports Our Way, but before that, there hadn't been a show on the quote-unquote Chaos Network for a week, so hopefully we'll have Village Idiots on later and Wheels in a Winter on thir- on Monday, so other than that, we'll see kind of how it goes. Um, anything I'm missing, bro? That sounds about like it, but uh, we do want to uh, talk about what month and what week it is for Sports our way. Um, you know what? You know oh, what? I'm I didn't think you're asking. Yes, because yes, <laughs> it is, it's boob awareness month. That's for sure. Um, we stare because we care. And then you had, and then like it, it's all around. I'm glad the NFL is finally picking up boob awareness month and supporting us about it because they had their 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 colored hankies out today and and all that, which was really nice. The only problem I have with the throwing because. In, in years past, they did the pink shoes and the pink wristbands and pink right. like stripes on the hats and whatnot for the uh, refs. But throwing a pink flag looks too much like the damn pink towels that are laying all over the field after some after a play happens. Right. So you don't know if there's a flag or not. So I think they need to uh, take some feedback and say, let's not do pink hankies next year. Right, or at least have the players maybe wear, like you said, have the, the pink socks instead of the pink towels. They can go back to the white towels, one or, one or the other. Um, but yeah, and oh, also telephone number six four six three seven eight zero seven nine three. If you guys want to call, you want to yell at us, you want to say whatever the hell you want to say, that's fucking outstanding. Um, cool. I guess I will. Let's see. You got this. I got this. All right, I'll get this fucking shit started. This is another public service announcement. 
just tell me that eating pussy is going to give me cancer? Yep. Oh, good. God is going to be my DMAS. But as they say in the U.S. Navy, there is no wrong hole. No. Getting a little strange on daytime TV. You are broke back, Jack. I'm your huckleberry. Also DMAS. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. All right. So, like, we're... This, this is going to be kind of a combination of uh, homage to Hollywood and his weird news, even though it's not from Florida, and the DMAF, because I miss Hollywood, and I'll just have to start some of this with as I read just for him, even though I won't read the whole article. Um, the it, We're getting ridiculous, like totally fucking ridiculous when it comes to sensitivity around guns right now. I mean, uh, I, I get a lot of bad things have happened, but a lot of bad things through the course of time that happened when it comes to guns. Between gangsters shooting motherfuckers in the alley to gangbangers shooting motherfuckers in the alley to a kid last week who got suspended for a day who was eight years old, I believe, for having a quote-unquote invisible gun. Yes, he was using his finger as a gun, and the school decided to suspend him because, I don't know, we're going to rob this kid of using his imagination. To what we found out, and I sent out to the boys uh, yesterday, and I think Gov read through it as well, um, there was an Arizona police officer uh, who was asked not to wear his uniform at his daughter's school. Um, this was in Phoenix, Arizona, an elementary school. Parents actually went up to the uh, principals and to the teachers and uh, said that they, didn't, that they didn't feel comfortable with this cop, this cop wearing his uniform to drop off his daughter to the school because he was wearing a gun, which is part of his uniform, which he is trained to have to holster, to fire, and goes through psych evaluations to be able to have this weapon and protect people. This guy's name is Scott Yurkoff. He's a police officer for, um, I'll do the end I read. I'll read this paragraph. He's a police officer for the uh, Coolidge Police Department. The department uh, told him not to comment uh, due to media inquiries, but immediately after he received the no uniform request, he posted on Facebook, nothing like your kid's school calling and asking if I, if, if I could not come pick up my daughter in uniform because parents were concerned when their kids came home telling them there was a man at school with a gun. He posted, are you freaking kidding me? Bro, let me clean that up for you. Are you fucking kidding me? He's a fucking cop. All I know when I was growing up, you have the D.A.R.E. program. You have when you're in trouble, you go find a police officer. It's almost like now you're trying to find a way to taint the badge because the badge wears a gun. Should he... Should he stop crime with his magical, mystical, fucking mental powers? Um, because if he's got a, if he if he goes out there with, I don't know, a baton and somebody's got a gun, there's one less cop in the fucking world, and nobody's fucking safe. The sensitivity of all this is fucking ridiculous. I mean, for all I know, half the school could be run by terrorists and just want not the gun, not have the cop have a gun, be able to defend themselves. I mean. One, let kids have their imagination. Let cops do what they're supposed to do. And fucking, I guess tomorrow, Gov, if I see somebody and I'm out of school and he looks like he's a terrorist with a beard and going to rape somebody, maybe I should go ahead and fucking file a complaint to the principal and have them shave their beard before they fucking come the next day because that's what it's coming to. And for, for them to even take it this far, this whole situation has DMAF written all over it. Yeah, that school corporation, they definitely ate a little crow. I think that's the saying. Um, they, I think that they, the school corporation is the one that got a few parents just mentioning it, and then the, the superintendent says something to the principal, 
And the, from reading the article, the principal just acted on their own and told the parent not to uh, do it. So who knows if they really acted on their own or not. But, uh, yeah, dude, it's silly. I mean, cops are supposed to be uh, people that we teach our kids to feel safe around uh, and also to, like, access if they need help. Well, regardless of whether they have a gun on their hip or not, they're trained on how to use it. Uh, this guy's a first responder for us, and we know how many first responders, you know, get hit by fucking cars when they got somebody else pulled over, uh, die in buildings that uh, miraculously collapse uh, after airplanes hit them. Uh, you know, so you think about it, it's the stupidest thing I've heard in a long time uh, that they're going to tell a cop he can't pick up his daughter in his uniform. Yeah, might as well just tell him not to eat jelly donuts either. I mean, Jesus Christ. That's I mean, it really is totally fucking ridiculous. Scotty would have loved this one, so if he makes it back on, we'll have to get his fucking thoughts. So. Dude, what's so, what's so offensive to me is, like, if I was a parent, I'd be calling the school corp talking about how, like, this 400-pound mother was coming to pick up her daughter. Sure. And, you know, that's more offensive to me because we're allowing parents to harm kids. I would have called CPS on that particular parent because, obviously – you know, looking at the size of the daughter, size of the mother, you know, mothers, I, I consider that child abuse, you know. But instead we're going to call and say, hey, this guy who protects our neighborhood and protects uh, our, you know, our wealth, our, you know, everything we have. Uh, but, hey, while you're inside of a school, you're not allowed to have your firearm on you uh, or you're not allowed to be in your uniform because it's too authoritative and uh, it's making other parents feel scared. It's like, man, when did we all become such pussies? Dude, it, dude, and what you're saying, like, about the fat mom and the fat daughter, um, how, like, I was in Qdoba, which is not the fucking home of, of fitness, don't get me wrong, but, you know, naked burrito sounded pretty fucking good. Well, in front of me was fat mom, fat daughter, fat husband, and doesn't know any better friend. And they get their fat food. I mean, and queso and everything you could throw on this fucking burrito. Uh, and then to top it off, it's not that they just got a Coke. They got fucking like one of those, I swear to God, it, it reminded me of what you get the extra large popcorn in and fill that shit up with Coke. And I'm looking at it. And then as they're filling it up, they spill it. It goes all over the floor. I really thought she was going to dive down with a straw just to fucking drink it up. And the girl must have been no more than 14 and must have weighed about what I did, which is not fucking cool. So, yeah, I mean, where's the, who gives these fuckers the righteousness to go ahead and say, yeah, um, this cop can't come. I, I, it's offensive for, for me to, to – or I'm uncomfortable for him to come to, to school with his fucking uh, uniform on because he carries a gun. And what gives – I mean – we are so much more in line to say, you know what, protect your fucking fat kids as opposed to, you know, do this to the cop. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I mean, I think uh, – I know we've made – we've turned this DMAS into, like, a public service announcement about calories and how fat and – but, you know, that's just something that goes through my head, and, you know, I'm not one to filter it. Uh, I think it's fucking ridiculous how many uh, – you know, it, taking this case in context, it's like – why couldn't I make that same complaint about a parent to say, hey, they're abusing their kid? Yeah, I mean, sounds about right. And cool. I mean, please don't filter. This is not the show to filter for sure. I, mean, I just, I think people forget that 2,000 calories is like what you're supposed to consume in a single day. Uh, and, and we have parents feeding their kids 10,000 calories and lots of soda pop and shit like that. Oh, I, like that meal itself. Like, seriously, you've been to Q-Dub. I mean, you get a queso burrito. 
and a large Coke, and you know you're like 1,800 to 2,500 calories in that shit. Well, and I know, so if you do a naked burrito with no rice uh, and veggies, it's still over 300 calories, which is which is fine then, right? But right. if you do the burrito and the tortilla like most people do, with right. the rice, with the beans, then some meat, uh, and then throw the queso on top because it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're over 800 calories just in the burrito in and of itself. That's almost half your daily allowance in just one single meal. And the Coke? like Oh, the, yeah. Well, the extra large Coke. I mean, that's nothing, that's nothing but crap. Dude, I liked what New York was trying to do uh, by outlawing certain sizes, and then it was found unconstitutional. Uh, you know, what... I was in, I don't know if it was a Burger King or a Hardee's. I was oh. on the road, and it was attached to the gas station. Uh, and I knew they had, like, Powerade through their fountain. And I went over to that side of the gas station uh, after filling up my car and just said, hey, you know, I want a fountain drink. Uh, and they're like, what size do you want? I'm like, just give me a medium, right? Because I knew it was going to get Powerade. wasn't going to put any ice or anything in it. I just right. wanted something for the road. The medium cup yeah. was the size of like the ultra large that yeah. I had when I was a kid. Right. You know, so like the quantity of ounces, I remember the medium cup when I was younger, it was like 12 ounces and then the large was 16. And now everything's like 64, 32. Yeah. And then a small that you normally give to like a kid would be now 16 ounces. Right. Yeah, dude, you're right. That Like Hardee's, uh, it had to be what it was. Cause that's, I mean, you order a medium on those and it is huge, bro. I mean, it is, it is, It'll take Jim, Jenna Jameson three weeks to fill that thing up with, with some fucking jizz, bro. No doubt about it. And uh, it, it's bad. And it, and when I, over over the shit that I've gone through, like, I, I for whatever reason, like, I got addicted to Coca-Cola. I wasn't going to say Coke, but we will know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> so it wouldn't be uncommon for me to buy a fucking uh, a 24-pack of Coke, throw it in the in the fridge, and then a lot of times, you know, I'll pop one open and it's just the the, the uh, carbonation that you're addicted to or whatever. A lot of times I wouldn't even finish it. I'd just take one to bed with me, have a couple, and then i just stop. And I'll tell you, I have probably in two months, it's ridiculous, just, just by not drinking Coke, how much, uh, I don't know if I've lost a lot of weight, but this gut I had had totally started to go down. I mean, from... From, I would say in two months' time, I've probably shaved off about four inches off. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, my gut's like Adam Cook's. You can't really see it all the time. Uh, <laughs> but, it, it, but it's just so damn bad for you. It is so bad for you. So now it's just applesauce and, and beer, but not nearly as much. Oh, and wine. Sorry. I do like the, I do like the yeah, wine. Yeah, but you're forced into moderation on that where you know, yeah. people just drink sugar and sugar and sugar and they won't even know it. Uh, hey, where... You drink too much wine, you're feeling it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like it was, if nothing else, you have a headache the next day. Yeah, over the course of the day, probably for a couple weeks at a time, that's how bad it was. I was either coffee or coke is what I would have to drink. It wasn't hardly anything else. And thank God that's changed. Talk about a guy's fucked up psyche. Um, Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we're on our high horse and fuck off. You're goddamn fit, man, who fucking can ride a bike about 100 miles in, a, in the course of a day and a half, and you're good. And I can watch you do that if you want me to while I drive alongside of you. I have a lot of sex. I don't know. That's good. That's fun. Good cardio right there. Yeah. Uh, once a day plus iron. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Let's talk some sports. And I know I sent out an agenda. I don't even know if you had a chance to look at it. If you didn't, that's fine. If you did, that's cool. I, I just some thoughts that kind of came to my head for us to talk about. 
um, were, you know, and, and I know baseball's in there and Hollywood's going to be pissed that he missed this, but, you know. I thought it was quite funny that you put baseball in there. That's, <laughs> that's, I thought it was a joke when I first got it. But. No, we could skip it. I, we could totally skip it. I, I just, the, the only point I wanted to make about it is now that, a, that the HGH era, it's not over. It's always going to be there, but it may not, it's not going to be as prevalent because they're, they're going to find more people cracked on it a little bit more. It's not, it's not as easy to use it as it once was. I think I think the anatomy of baseball teams are going to start changing. You know, you have to have one or two ace pitchers like St. Louis has had over the past few years, like San Francisco's had, and why they've they've won. Where you look at teams like um, like, like the Atlanta Braves, uh, who uh, their only ace on their roster is Tim Hudson, who is not uh, not in rotation right now because he's injured, and they have a lot of you know power hitters who still made it to the playoffs, but don't really have much of a chance, in my opinion, against the Dodgers, who have uh, pretty much two aces on their roster with Kershaw and uh, uh, I want to say Billingsley. I forget the second one, to be honest. Uh, I'm totally drawing a blank on it right now. So just I know Hollywood would go nuts right now and have a good conversation on it, but I'll pay homage to him and just say, look, I, you know, the landscape of how baseball teams are, are, are formed would be different when everyone now is going to be throwing 95 miles an hour and every uh, hitter is going to be hitting them closer to the warning track than they are. I mean, you're never going to see 55 to 60 home runs again, much less 73 that Bonds put up. So that, that was really the only point. We don't have to talk baseball. Here's what I'll tell you. The anatomy of baseball is going to go back into boredom. Uh, it'll lose fans once again. Uh, and then baseball loosen its strings on how they uh, enforce, and then you'll allow additional PEDs or more PEDs to be developed, and we'll go back into it again because baseball already has a pretty fucking loose waist string or waistband on because uh, they allow up to four times the testosterone level during a test in order not to be considered positive. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah, that's that's the shocker to me. So they do have it open. Uh, they I think they are a little bit more open to the usage they just don't want total abuse of the uh drug to give something a crazy advantage so. uh, that's that's about right and they they're you know the cheaters are always ahead of the people who are trying to enforce it and if they're allowing four times the amount of testosterone that's the league i want to sign up for for sure well and here's my thing so let's think about uh, another sport very much like baseball soccer right so soccer is very european and South American, Central American as a sport. I can tell you as a white American, I've got a young little son who I think will be physically gifted, mm-hmm. uh, but knowing the parameters of sport. So when I look at baseball, you either have to use PEDs to be a uh, great offensive player, or if you want to be a pitcher, uh, probably before you go into the pro, you should do an elective surgery for Tommy John uh, in order to not have any downtime, you know? So when I look at that, I'm like, yep, my son's not going to play baseball. And then, so you're going to have more white families saying, nope, I'm not going to put my kid in that position. Uh, and then we've already heard statistically over the last five years, uh, how many fewer African-American baseball players there are. So let me tell you 10 to 15 years from now, uh, do we re- do you really think people want to watch, uh, you know, Central American baseball? all the time when they when they don't know the people they don't know where they came from they don't know their age uh do you think that'll be uh something attractive to the common sports fan no no you're right i mean it's been inner city there's been a lot of problems with you know bringing 
you know, those or inner city kids to play baseball because, you know, just like you're saying, there's no allure. It's a boring sport. And when you want to start your used to be when you wanted your kid to have athletic ability, you started on baseball because of the hand eye coordination. Truthfully, the best the best thing, best sport for kids, you know, five, six, seven to start learning the skills is it, soccer because, you know, they're learning the team game. They're running around. They're still learning well foot eye coordination, I guess, as well. Um, but their 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 base skills, most base skills, better base skills come from that. And and in baseball anymore, you're right. If you want to be good, you're either going to have to cheat or what they're starting to do with kids so often is if they show any type of talent, they'll put them in a they'll they'll, they'll have them as a pitcher. Uh, and they're teaching them four different pitches before they're, you know, 13 years old and ruining their arms before they're even in the majors. So there's, there's a lot of poor coaching out there as well. And, and most experts will say that if you want your kid to be a good pitcher, you want him to play outfield until he's in high school. So that way he just, you know, fucking knows how to throw the ball hard, but he's not ruining his arm by trying to throw a slider in the sixth inning. Hmm. Sorry, I had to get a drink. Okay. Got our feeling on baseball, and we didn't even talk about how you kicked my ass in the Angels' bed. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. Hey, man, I can't. I got to eat my crow. Um, so I don't know if you notice this or not, but boxing, um, and it's another thing we hardly ever talk about, so I'll save the best for last with football, but boxing is, is, is giving Mike Tyson a bunch of shit, kind of a bunch of shit. It really is USA boxing. Because he, he, he wants to be a promoter, which – I mean, I guess his philosophy is if you can beat him, you might as well join him since he beat the shit out of Don King one time, and Don King pretty much raped him of all of his money, but he beat the fuck out of him and wants to do it as well. And I'm not opposed to this, but USA Boxing is telling him to stay away from all amateur boxers before the Olympics. Um, the Olympics, by the way, are in three years from now, so they're pretty much telling Mike to stay away from these kids so he can't make any money on them but they can go ahead and take the cash cow however they can by leaving them in, into amateurs. Um, I, you know, boxing and Mike Tyson kind of have a troubled relationship, we'll say. I mean, he was probably, I mean, he's no Muhammad Ali, don't get me wrong, but of our generation, of our times, well, there was nobody more dominant than Mike Tyson, and nobody that was, a, there hasn't been a bigger draw or as good a draw since then. And I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think I am. When I... When Tyson was on, man, we pay-per-viewed it. We watched it. Even though the Sphinx was 24 seconds and people busted 80 bucks out on that, you watched the most dominant, intimidating boxer that I think we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, he was the – I think he helped recruit boxing, you know, post your your Sphinx and uh, Tommy Hearns era. And then before that, you had your foreman and then uh, Ali era. And before that, obviously, you had Frazier's and everybody else. So here's what I think about Mike Tyson, though. So, one, he's got a pretty, like, dirty, troubled, like, newsprint background. And I think that's why they want him to stay away from USA Boxing, because they want uh, they want an era like this perception that you know boxing for our amateurs is purely about the sport and we're trying to teach them skills so they can go win medals but to mike's point we haven't won a medal our gold medal at the olympics since 94 right and then we've had so many before that like we used to like that was like the big news how many gold medalists we pulled from boxing you know but the problem is, is the sport itself is so corrupt 
that's why Mike Tyson wants to be a promoter because the corruption uh, is in favor of the promoter. So he needs to be able to be in contact with these amateurs in advance, not 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 for what he's saying, hey, to help them with their skill uh, and to be connected with them and give, and get them hooked up with the right people as trainers. But so when they do make a difference, that he can make money. Uh, because that's the way the promoters make money. They put fights on that people want to see, so they will pay-per-view. The problem is, dude, I, I've not pay-per-viewed a boxing match in over a decade uh, yeah. because I think the sport is so criminal. Uh, I think every one of the matches is fixed in some sort of way uh, based off the contracts that you can see and some of the extra ink that's in those contracts has, uh, you know, sets it up so, hey, if you lay this one down, we'll get you the next fight. Uh, so it makes it uh, almost like a drama story instead of actually a sport. And th- yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's uh, there hasn't been one boxing event that I've been. Oh my god, I can't wait to see that fight. I can't wait to you know get the results of that fight in probably <clears throat> that same in, in, in probably a decade. I mean, probably since Tyson. I don't know Tyson Holyfield two or three or or whatever. And, and you got. Boxers like Vladimir Klitschko, who you know who have been quote unquote dominating the heavyweights for I don't know a decade, and, and and I don't care. I mean, <clears throat> I think <clears throat> I guess I guess the last fighter that left that I that I that was a draw for me was probably Lennox Lewis because the guy beat everybody, everybody they put in front of him, he beat their ass, and that was really about it. Other than that, I guess I could really care less. I mean, and in 94, I think the last gold medalist was De La Hoya, and he wasn't even supposed to be the best boxer out of that bunch, and obviously ended up being great, and Golden Boy Productions, and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, at least Tyson, I'll say this about him, he's, he's, he, was, he was a horrible person, growing up and he wasn't the best role model while he was a boxer, but as a guy who's kind of resurrected his image, you know, through hangover movies and things like that and, and all the documentaries they've done on him, at least he's done he's done a good job coming back from that and hopefully good things can happen for him. Yeah. I hope he makes a, I hope he makes makes enough money to feed his tiger. That's about it. You know? <laughs> That's what it comes down to, man. It's like <laughs> I can care less if this guy makes another million dollars. You know, in order not to go to the broke house. No. Nah. You know, uh, you know, there was a a TV series that I actually did enjoy, and I know you're not a big reality TV fan, but this was like like underground reality TV. It was uh, on pigeons. So mm. Mike Tyson is actually a champion pigeon flyer, mm. uh, and he's been banned from it a couple times. Uh, but it was basically the series in New York where uh, they put some amateurs up against some pigeon flying houses. Uh, and I didn't even know it was a fucking sport, but it's a pretty big sport in New York, from what I understand. Uh, so I watched the whole series. And it was actually a good way to get to know Mike as a person. You can see all of his sides during this series. Because one, he was sober. Two, he was uh, doing something he really, really loved. So, like uh, when he was at his lowest days, I remember them talking about like flipping pigeons or whatever they call it. Yeah. And I don't know. So. I don't know. Did, did you were you kind of like, all right, he's he's kind of an okay guy, or was he still kind of a punk ass? You know, uh, dude, I still see him as a punk ass. I mean, yeah. just, uh, I don't know if there's anything he can do to change the fact that he raped a girl in Indianapolis and the fact that he, uh, you know, bit off part of uh, an ear. Yeah. You know, during a fight, and and because it wasn't going his way. 
Right. Uh, and I don't think I don't think he changed that. He, he was a grown man when all that happened. You know, he was he was a young man when he raped the girl. Uh, you know, but he was a grown man when he bit off an ear in a fight that he wasn't going to win. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't think he can change that for me. And you know, the lifestyle he chose to lead and how he uh, carried himself, you know, post fighting. Yeah, yeah. To me, he's just a, a perpetual punk ass. Yeah, kind of a punk bitch. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I am. Um, cool. Well, then let's talk what we know and love the most. Let's talk some football. Um, and at the beginning of the day, I sent out a text saying, all right, so who do we think the best uh, and worst 4-0 teams are? And, and then who do we think are the best and worst crap teams are? And, and I know that was when we still had five 4-0 teams and we still have uh, uh, three left. But let's, let's if you want, let's, let's include those five since that's when the uh, question went out. And uh, and I guess I guess where do you see the undefeateds right now? I mean, who do you think is the best, and who do you think is uh, is not quite where they should be? Well, I mean, <clears throat> it comes down to uh, the random voices in my head talking to me about. So when you look at Denver and Kansas City, they're both in the same division, you know. And you've got Kansas City, who's only allowed like 58 points uh, or 60 points in five games. I mean, they're averaging, they're, they're allowing the other opponent to score an average of 12, 12 points a game, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you've got the Broncos who just score their asses off. You saw Peyton Manning throw his 20th touchdown today uh, and ran for one, by the way, too, which was a shock. It's crazy, right? Over, over five years between his uh, running, rushing touchdowns. Uh, but they allow uh, 140 uh, points defensively. So you got to wonder, is this the era where, you know, where you have, like, the Packers and the Patriots who are ranked 31 and 32, respectively, uh, in the final four of the playoffs? Uh, and same thing with the Saints. The year the Saints went to the Super Bowl, you know, their defense sucked. They just outscored everybody. So is that what right. Denver is? And then how do they stack up against a team who only allows 12 points a game? Right. You know, so that's the curiosity there. Uh so if I was going to just say, all right, well, I've got the best of both worlds. The New Orleans Saints are a team that can score a shit ton of points. Uh, they've got a ton of diversity from a complete team, which I think their team looks a lot like uh, what Peyton's team is. They've got uh, options at running back, uh, and they've got a ton of wide receivers that can do do some work. And they've got a defense this year uh, who doesn't allow points. Uh, I think their defense was allowed less than 75 points. Uh, they were fourth best going into this game. I don't know where they rank now. Uh, so maybe it's the New Orleans Saints who are the best team in football. Um, that's 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 hard for me to argue because when doing some some looking, I guess this week in, in the other league I pay attention to, where I actually have won a couple of games. Um, um, I have uh, Jay Cutler and I have Russell uh, Wilson as my quarterbacks. And at first, it was a no-brainer for. I mean, I, I don't start, you know, one. I, I these are definitely two matchup quarterbacks. For me, it was a no-brainer. I was going to start uh, Jay Cutler. But then, if you look, I looked a little bit deeper. Deeper, New Orleans is the best defense against opposing quarterbacks in the NFL. Like uh, uh, fantasy-wise, I know it's fantasy in this case quotes to reality, they're only allowing nine points per game to opposing quarterbacks. So uh, Rob Rob Ryan is doing a hell of a job over there in New Orleans. And it's amazing what happens when you take a roster, don't make any real changes to it, but bring in 
coaches, Sean Payton, Rob Ryan, guys who weren't there before to help the talent that's there and how good it looks. Like I, I, I had New Orleans as, you know, a, a dark horse. Just like I had Kansas city and those are the only two real picks that I got right. I think in our whole fucking shit, but you're looking at Denver. It's a good point. You bring up, they've allowed 139 points, hardly any other teams in the league, except for Dallas who scored 152 and, Chicago, which has scored 145 points, have even scored that many points as an offense, uh, and the Colts have, have uh, scored 139, uh, and Denver scored 230, which is obviously ridiculous. I, I, I know, I, I don't believe in the 5 and 0 Broncos. I would believe more in the 5 and 0 Chiefs, who both the Broncos and the Chiefs have played Dallas and. Kansas City looked a lot better against Dallas than Denver did today, and because of that defense that you talked about. Um, so I'm, you know, I know everyone's all over Manning's nutsack, which he's done great things. I mean, 20 touchdown passes. That offense is sick. I mean, they're doing some shit, and I just, you know, the weather's going to get colder. We know how Peyton Manning gets in cold weather and in the playoffs. I mean, he's not somebody that I, you know, I, I totally trust. Yeah, that, but, you know, he turned it on at the end of last season. I think that's when he started to get healthy. We're also seeing a healthy Peyton Manning yeah. finally. Yeah. You know, but when it comes down to it, so how many cold games do they have at the end of the season? You know, because let's just face it, 45 to 55 is not considered cold in the NFL. It's actually still pretty warm on the field. You know, so they have <clears throat> uh, – when you go into November – so they've got a they've got a November buy right at the beginning of November. Mm-hmm. So which is so end of October they've got they're in a dome in Indianapolis. Uh, they're at home, which is favorable to them. Just period. Uh, then they have their buy. Then they go to San Diego, back home. Then November twenty fourth he goes head to head with his arch nemesis Brady. You know then they're at Kansas City, back home again, back home again, at Houston, at Oakland. So how many calls do they really have that are not home games? Yeah, it might be say, two games, right? Yeah, I would say unless Kansas City's super cold, which I just see as being windy, uh, I think the New England game is the potential to be a cold game for them. Right. You know, and, and that's a game that I say it's, it's a coin flip for me at this point in time just because uh, the history between those two quarterbacks, even though New England looks like poo to me. They looked horrible today. Horrible. But, I mean, I know it was a – it was pretty bad weather. The rain was coming down really, really tough. And, you know, Brady didn't have a touchdown pass. Fucker. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, they, they, you know, like you called, without Wolfwork in there, you know, that defense is entirely different. And we'll see what that defense looks like when it's not, you know, pouring buckets and offenses can actually move around at will. Um, they did shut down the run game, though. You know, uh, Law Firm and Bernard didn't do a damn thing. And it took a while before – uh, AJ Green even got a you know a decent uh, I think a 45 yard catch is what he had and he ended up with 65 I think on the day. So and here's what I'll tell you though I don't think that they actually shut down the run. Uh, Mayo did a great job for New England so first and foremost I'll give props to him. Uh, but dude I think the play calling intensity is way off. Yeah. Uh, you know I'm watching because I watch a lot of their games uh, just because they played a lot of the NFC North and I get that on TV. Okay. Uh, pretty heavily here. Uh, mind you, you know, they played New England today, and it was on TV here, which shocked me. <laughs> uh, but, they, but they also played the Packers, which uh, before the Packers buy, I get to watch that game. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and what shocks me is watching, like, in situations, 
that either Dalton's not checking it off or calling it off, or he just doesn't know uh, to call it off. Uh, but the play that they run is shitty against the defense that's being shown to them. Uh, and that's what I don't understand is Cincinnati is a better team than what they're playing like today. Uh, and they're not using Geo or Ben – like with – I would use Ben Jarvis Greenell as a hell of a lot more today knowing that Wolford's out. Uh, you know, it's the only way you go at it, and that would have freed up A.J. Green and Geo – uh, for some catches, and same thing with Sanu uh, for some catches, but they didn't do it. You know, I didn't see that many uh, great run calls or checkoffs to a run from a pass play uh, at all today during that game. Yeah, with how with how bad the weather was too, I think I would have I would have rode those running backs because uh, the law firm. Man, there's, he, he can run, and everybody knows how. Or I don't say everybody knows, but everybody's been talking about how good. Um, uh, uh, Giovanni is, and uh, you know he's had some good games. He still ended up with 62 yards. He lost a fumble, but I mean it was pouring. Uh, so I guess he didn't have a, a horrible day. But if they'd have rode those guys a little bit more, um, I don't think that I think Cincinnati wins. You know a little bit further now, 13 to six. That's a good win by him against New England, who was an undefeated team. But since he's since he's had some big wins, they have. You know, and I, and I give him props for winning, but they should have won by a lot more if you had yeah. me. But yeah. and and maybe maybe my high def TV doesn't work the same as yours. But was it really raining that hard? So, uh, you know what? In the last drive, I guess I guess the right. the second half of the fourth quarter, I think it, I think it was. So you're right. Maybe uh, maybe it wasn't that bad. So but the, when Brady was trying to bring him back, it was definitely coming down. No, mind you, the Packers were on Fox, so I kept flipping back and forth. Mm. But I was like, I don't remember because I don't yeah. remember being that bad. Yeah, uh, the, that Packers game must have bored the hell out of you. Uh, it was pretty boring. Uh, you know, Packers did well between the 20s and did horribly inside the red zone. Yes, and Eddie Lacy didn't look like he had too bad of a day either. When he had like 20 some odd carries, I think, and, and like 75 yards. But they're uh, they're you know once again the Packers 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 need some help at running back just to get some pressure off of Rodgers. Yeah, the the problem is their best running back is a wide receiver. So <laughs> Randall Cobb. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he had he had like seventy yards rushing, I think. I think. Yeah, but one was on a sixty-seven yard uh, breakaway. So oh, was it? Uh, okay. That's, that's how that's how that played out. Okay. Uh, but I, you, you can tell they were trying to get him a hundred yards rushing, so they can have another hundred yard rusher this season. Uh, which, which which that sixty-seven yard play was the longest play uh, from scrimmage from a non-running back uh, as a rush oh, in like thirty some odd years. So. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Cobb's a hell of a weapon, that's for sure. But so, how did the Packers finish? I mean, they got Aaron Rodgers. You watched a lot of it today against a, a Detroit team without uh, Megatron on it, and you know, for most of the game, it seemed like they struggled. Yeah, I mean, this division's tough because they've got the best net uh, touchdown ratio or net point ratio, so they still have a actually a gap between how many points they score and how many points the other team scores. Right. Uh, which in that division, it's pretty much like immaterial. It doesn't matter what the score was because they're you're pretty even. Uh, so I say based off of the, the net point differential and the total touchdowns uh, with they having one, one less game than the other uh, yeah. two teams ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the Packers still have a great opportunity to go win the division. Uh you know, and they've, they've certainly got the talent. I was watching their defense today. Uh, you know, 
I really believe because I, I was concerned a few years ago when they changed their scheme, and I was like, why do we even need AJ Hawk? You know, uh, and I, you know, I was watching silly ass AJ Hawk, Ohio State player, run all over the field today and tackle and beat the shit out of guys. I was, <laughs> I was impressed. You know, as long as they can keep Clay Matthews healthy, uh, you know, I can't imagine what he's going to do. I think he had a third or fourth in, uh, sack of the year so uh, today. You know, and that guy's just running. He's like, he's a running machine. He's just going to blow people up. So yeah. I believe in their defense. Uh, what I don't believe in is that their offense is, like, running on all cylinders, that Rodgers is, uh, like, as committed as he has been in the past to the sport. You don't see him doing what Peyton Manning does on the sideline. Peyton Manning is never happy. No. You think about it. Like, he knows that there were 30 opportunities today for them to, for him and his offense to put that away. Yeah. You know, and. He was pissed off when he got intercepted. And that was his fault. Uh, yeah. He knows it was his fault. Uh, but there are so many because he didn't throw the ball deep enough. Uh, but he knows what play and what like what the breakdowns were on each and every play. Rodgers just doesn't seem as committed. So I got to question whether he's – if he is a Brady, a Manning, or a Breeze uh, long term. You think he's just benefiting from having some great weapons around him and a great offensive coordinator and having some talent. Well, I'm yeah, sure he would definitely say he's got talent. He's got natural skill uh, and, and quite a bit of cockiness and a chip on his shoulder. But I don't know if he's—I don't know if he's as big of a student of the game as we uh, would like him to be. Really? Yep. Well, let me tell you. I mean, he's—he's he's, that division. Hell, Minnesota could end up winning that division. I seriously doubt it. I mean, they're one, that, that division just – I have no feel for it right now. I mean, I, I'll always say the Packers are the best because they got the best quarterback. Um, but you have Detroit and Chicago that are 3-2, and two, um, Green Bay, which is 2-2, two and two, and, and Minnesota at 1-3. And, three. and I mean, I, I, just just the way that, that, that – Green Bay looked today against Detroit. I, I wasn't, like, impressed for most of the game, and then obviously they ran away with it. It just seemed like uh, Detroit's defense kind of held Green Bay's offense in check for a while, and that, that offense should never be held in check by that defense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, their secondary in Detroit sucks. And the front line, oh. man, they, I mean, they got rid of their edges, so it's really they got a good middle on Sue and uh, Hartley or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, man, I barely, sorry. That's yeah, Nick Fairley. That's, that's right. That's, that's a kicker for uh, New Orleans, I believe. I know how you uh, wanted to get the uh, plug-in for the kickers there, buddy. <laughs> uh, roll. I know uh, how you love yeah. those guys. You know, and this is also a team, if you remember right, a few years ago, that, I mean, the, their defense isn't much different. They put in this, you know, quarterback named Matt Flynn, and they did not start Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he lit them up for like 600 and some odd yards and six touchdowns. So. Okay. Something uh, ridiculous. And now can't beat out Terrell Pryor. True that. Well, I think Terrell Pryor is a better decision. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see uh, Freeman there in Oakland in the next two weeks. I think that'd be a good pickup. And I and look, Flynn played last week and he looked like shit. So yeah, Pryor's definitely the right choice. It's just. I think Pryor's the choice because they don't have an offensive line, so he you got to scramble. Uh, and Pryor's got legs, but you got to understand the uh, coordinator that was in. Tampa Bay uh, is now in Oakland. Uh, that, and this coordinator still believes Freeman's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Uh, so I predict Flynn getting cut or Pryor getting pushed back and uh, Freeman as a free agent to now come. I could see, see them cutting Flynn and then 
you're the Raider organization. You just need to shoot yourself because you uh, give up two number one picks for Carson Palmer, then trade for Matt Flynn, and neither one are on the roster two years later. That makes perfect sense. Dude, that's just, I mean, it's almost like Al Davis' ghost is still there, you know, in Oakland. Because he used to make the stupidest decisions every single time. So yeah, he would. He was. He was. Well, yes, I, I totally agree. So you know who uh, needs the quarterback right now, though? I do. Uh, no, not in fantasy. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Cleveland, man. So do they? they get, well, Hoyer's out for the year now. Right, but uh, yeah, you got a torn torn ACL. If I saw that right, but uh, Whedon didn't look bad. Dude, they need a quarterback. Dude. I, Hoyer, it's too bad because that would that would I mean it it really is too bad because third string quarterback comes in and how good he was making them look especially after them trading Trent Richardson could have been a hell of a story but um shit that, that's I don't know I mean they got a lot better as soon as Josh Gordon came back they did I mean gave him a weapon but you know but. Here's what I see happening. Either Cleveland says, all right, we're not going to replace them. We're just going to roll with it. And then, you know, before the trade deadline, which is coming up, you know, it happens in October, right. uh, we're still going to take those offers because uh, there was offers for Gordon and there was offers for Little. Right. Yeah, that, they, that they did an exercise because they just won two games in a row uh, and their fans already freaked out when they got rid of T-Rich. So. Who, you know, I killed him on the show. I'm sure you killed him on the show. T. Rich doesn't – I mean, he's averaging like 2.3 yards per carry with the Colts. I mean, he's not looking that great. Yeah, it'll take time, though. It may. It may, but he's got weapons. But Josh Gordon, since he's come back, 146 yards receiving, 71 yards receiving, 86 yards receiving, two touchdowns in three games. A guy, he's a lot better than I gave him credit for. Yeah, I mean, I think people look past him because he plays for Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, how we look at players is probably different than how the NFL looks at players. Uh, you and I look at players as, do I have a chance to win with them? And often that comes down to, you know, why I don't take a Dallas wide receiver too often. It's Tony Romo throws too many interceptions, so I'm afraid that my wide receiver will be sitting on the sideline when he shouldn't be. Right. You know, and when I look at Cleveland, I'm like, well, a wide receiver looks attractive, because they'll always be playing from behind. But I also look what division they're in. It's in a grinder division that likes to score low points. And then second to that is they, he had a shitty quarterback. He only looked at Whedon. Right. No, so. no that, makes, that makes sense. And, like, uh, yeah, I, I, need to, I need to blow up my team, by the way. So just saying. Um, uh, uh, San Francisco defense has a defensive touchdown. Of course I'm playing against them. Go figure. Uh, I'm sure that was a uh, pick six by Schaub, who has a pick six in every game this year so far, I think, if I remember right. Dude, Schaub is, like, I think they got him on suicide watch. They have have to at this point in time, right? So, uh, like, they take his belt away and his shoestrings away when he goes to bed at night. Uh, There's no way this guy is feeling good. And, you know, I've never been a, like, deeply in love with Matt Schaub and you know you can probably tell that because I've never even drafted him to back up my stud quarterbacks in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh who knows he's I think he's probably still available in our league right now. <laughs> he might be. uh he better be, you know. So if you're an idiot if you have him on your team at this point in time. Uh I'm sure Scrappy's probably traded for him three times. <laughs> uh, or waived him three times. Hadn't been dropped him like three times, yeah. Uh but yeah dude, like they gotta figure something out. Maybe that's where Freeman needs to go. Uh nope. 
they they, they got to figure something out there because if the head coach doesn't, he's going to get replaced. Because uh-huh. how many times have we talked about Kubiak? Uh, you know, Gary Kubiak uh, has had like Super Bowl quality teams in everybody's mind for the last four or five years, and he's not brought it home. Right. Uh, you know, and they've looked shitty in the playoffs too. I remember a couple of years ago when they got beat by Cincinnati. Right. So Kubiak's either going to put himself on the line, or he needs to like be knocking on the front office's door saying, "Hey, let's pick up a replacement for Shaw," because now our fans and our restaurants in Houston are now putting out like uh, a pick six burger and in a pizza place with you know put any six toppings on it, and then the, like the byline is uh, you know get the pick six burger, but keep in mind uh, you know after your six toppings you'll you'll re- you'll be paying out your ass for it or paying out you know, <laughs> you know, yeah it's gonna cost you a lot of money because you know they get a quarterback who can't win games you know you go buy a, a a pizza with six extra toppings on it, you're also paying out your ass for it. Yeah. So the six toppings cost more than the pizza itself. Right. It's, uh, and that's, I mean, their their defense last year was, you know, should have taken them a lot further. They ran and he fucked it up. And what was it, two years ago, I think, when they uh, had a chance, won actually a playoff game with Matt Leinert in there because Shaw was out. And they, I don't know. The uh, double backup? Yeah, they were down to the yeah. I think Leinart came in. That's right. And then like T.J. Yates, I think, uh, came in and won a game for him. So, yeah, it's it, it's frightening to think how good that team is with no quarterback and how uh, I, I don't know if he's hurting them or helping them with all his pick sixes. Like I really I don't know if it was a pick six tonight, but they do have a de- defensive touchdown for 18 yards. So that was either a fumble recovery for a touchdown or it was a a pick six. But uh, if it's a pick six and I don't know. I mean, Freeman would probably be the fit there. Yeah, there's so many options, you know, from a, a quarterback perspective, you know. Let me tell you, you know, the NFL has so many on the on the sidelines for everybody. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look at Fitzpatrick today, dude. How many how many interceptions did he throw for today? Four. I mean, what, in, in Eli, what, through three? Dude, I don't know what's going on in New York. That, that shit frustrates me. Uh, my fear is. You know, I think Eli's a quality quarterback, and I don't know what's going on there. Uh, the team just doesn't like; they don't feel good at all. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get a good vibe from him. My fear is uh, a few years back, the same thing happened, and everybody was talking in the beginning of the season or the front half of the season that Coughlin was going to get clipped. And, and what ended up happening was the nine and seven New York Giants make it all the way through the playoffs and win a Super Bowl in Indianapolis. Right. Uh, so hopefully that happens again because I like Coughlin as a coach. And, dude, I really like Eli Manning as a quarterback. But, dude, he's starting to look like a chump. No, oh, horrible. I mean, he has, his brother has 20 touchdown passes and one pick. He has, uh, I think, 14 picks and two touchdown passes, I think. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And it's yeah. game five? In two weeks, I think he's had eight picks, Gus. In two weeks. Well, you know what I was I was pleasantly surprised by today uh-huh. um, is I left Hakeem Nixon because I knew he'd be on the oh, field right. a lot playing Philly. <laughs> uh, and he got 142 yards receiving today. Uh, right. So I'm not I'm not too upset about it. At least Eli Manning can still pass the ball. Uh, I won't have him on a fantasy team this year, but at least yeah. he can pass the ball to the, to the right yeah. to, to the right guy. To yeah. My, yeah. 324 yards, man, and your guy, your guy, almost half. Your guy did. Yeah, I mean, it's 
uh, and hockey Nicks, I mean, that's is this, that's his first 100-yard game so far this season, I think, if I'm right. Yeah, and I was listening to the chumps on ESPN Fantasy this morning uh, as I was as I already had already like gone through the debate of Chargers D or Broncos D, and I just finally just settled on the Broncos D because Miles Austin was out. And I was listening to them, and they're like, they're basically telling you to just get rid of Nicks. It's not a fit for the system and everything else. And I'm like, I've got him in. I'm leaving him in. Uh, you know, Alshon was playing the New Orleans D, so I was like, I'm gonna stay away from Alshon. Ty was playing Seattle D. I'm gonna leave Hockey Nicks in because he's gonna be on the field for at least 40 minutes. Right. Uh, I was certainly wrong in the decision. He still got 142 yards, but the guys I could have put him in for could have got me a 12 or 13 extra points. Uh, yeah, and, and you're you're winning. Although you you you, you know you're, you're you're crushing it. That's for sure. Um, and uh, I was wrong. Uh, Eli Manning has six touchdown passes and twelve picks. It's still a horrible ratio. Isn't that Philip Rivers a couple of years ago? It is. It. I mean, it totally. Is. I mean, that's through five games, bro. <laughs> five games. Jeez. So he is on pace right now to have sixty intercept. I don't know. So he's got. He's got a. Well, no. Yeah. He's on pace to have forty 30. interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. Forty yeah. interceptions this year, maybe thir- maybe thirty-five. I think I think he's going for Favre's record, which was which was I, I think I forget what it is for a single season, but I know it's like thirty-four, thirty-five. That's, that's truly amazing, man. Mm-hmm. I think that his brother probably won't see that the rest of his career. He won't see as many as fucking Eli throws this year. Yep. So I've got to I've got to go through the the standings real quick and just talk about uh, preseason predictions. Okay. So preseason, I said the Patriots would win their division and the Dolphins would be tough for them. Okay. Uh, the Patriots are four and one, and the Dolphins are three and two. Okay. Now the Dolphins today truly disappointed me. Uh, so if Ryan Tannehill doesn't get his shit up, shit straight, I want to come down there and like uh, have a good time with his wife uh, because uh, wow, well, yeah, yeah she's, she's fine looking. Yes, but you know when I put that much money on you, you better win me a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the AFC North. Uh, I was exactly right when I said on on our show that I don't know if the Steelers could beat Cleveland this year. Yeah. Uh, so their Steelers are 0 and 4. The problem is we've got three teams at 3 and 2, and I predicted Cincinnati would win it all, and they're not scoring enough points lately to make me feel that confident. 94 points on the season, but uh, it's funny, and you may be looking at this right now, and I don't mean to interrupt your flow, but all top three teams have a differential of plus seven. Guys, yeah, call that too. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yep. AFC South, I said uh, the Colts would have a bad year with Luck having a sophomore slump. I wasn't convinced, and Houston Texans would totally dominate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm eating a lot of crow in that particular division. Right there with you. Uh, Broncos, damn proud of my uh, my prediction because I, I said they would be where they're at. And I said, watch out for Kansas City, but boy, oh boy, Kansas City's a a lot further along than I would have, would have, would have said they were. Uh, so I'm not giving myself credit for it, but somebody I do want to call out is Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, uh, I think it was on the Fox channel that he that he's on now. He's on ESPN think, stuff. Is he still on ESPN? Yeah. Dude, I thought he was nuts. Because before we got into week one, uh, while we're, I was watching shit pre-our draft, mm-hmm. he was like Kansas City Chiefs. That's who I picked to win the Super Bowl this year. And I was like, wow. Oh, Keyshawn Johnson's still high on something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, sure enough, and sure enough, 
through our debate today, I was like, I don't know who. I think Kansas City has a better chance than Denver does. Uh, so that's where that that's where that lands. Uh, you know, I think we all talked about NFC East being a, a coin flip, uh, and I absolutely just kind of downtrodden the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and they're leading the division with Philly right behind them. I think we all thought Philly was going to win the whole division like uh, 16 or no after Week One, uh, but. All in all, that division's still way up in the air. Uh, I think the only team that's out of it is the New York Giants, who are 0-5, and there's never been an 0-5 team make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but NFC North, um, wow. Wow. Right. Yeah. I, right. Said, I said Packers, hands down. Right. Uh, and, and and then I said the Bears, and then the Lions, and I said Vikings would finish last, and I said Bears could finish last. Right. It was one of those. It's another division. So this is exactly why we watch the NFL. Yeah. Um, we can feel proud about some of the predictions we make, and then we're like, wow, where did that come from in other divisions? So uh, all in all, man, I'm feeling really good about what, what kind of product the NFL is putting out in front of us every single week. Uh, you know, obviously you and I are both fantasy guys. So we, uh, we definitely are a little bit more in tune with uh, individual players. You and I also gamble, mm-hmm. and in this parity that we constantly have, uh, makes it really, really tough uh, to not gamble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I keep looking like I've got this edge. Here's what I know, and then I'll go place a bet, and then sure enough, like here's why I made that Miami bet today. I'm like, no Jacoby Jones and no Marlon Brown. Sweet. There's only one wide receiver and one tight end that can catch the ball on that team. Right. So Miami's going to destroy them. Uh, and of course, I lost the bet. Uh, thank you, Vegas, for giving me the fucking line that I had and helping me lose my bet. Right. Well, it, in, let's take it a step further. I mean, um, on the uh, division side of it, um, we all pretty much had San Francisco and Seattle running away with, with shit over there. Um, Seattle is a plus 56 differential. Uh, the Niners are minus 16. Um, two and two, they're actually behind Arizona in the division. But that's just, you know, if, if San Francisco wins tonight, they're right, right there. I mean, we couldn't have predicted Alden Smith uh, and his drug problems. Uh, I think we already knew about Crabtree. Um, and I think they had lost uh, – there's somebody else. I'm, I can't remember that they lost as well. Um but I, I would say that, uh, you know, they had a couple of losses. You know, uh, the Seattle loss was a possibility. Um, but uh, their other loss, I forget who it was, too. Um, but it wasn't uh, anything. Like, I, I really, I have them, I have them in the Super Bowl. But uh, that's uh, uh, definitely changing now because even the Colts took it to uh, Seattle today. Um, I don't think that. Uh, um, so the Colts took it to both uh, NFC West teams, huh? Yeah, and they took it to Seattle and uh, San Francisco. It is entertaining. Uh, Seattle is my team in that division, bro. I mean, oh, you didn't uh, know? Nope. San Francisco, I, I I called bullshit on Kaepernick. I don't believe in Kaepernick, dude, uh, and still don't believe in him. I think that he uh, brought a different look to the San Francisco team last year mid-season, so teams didn't know what to expect. It takes it takes a little bit of adjustment period, uh, you know, and. Now that teams have had a full offseason to prepare for this pistol-style offense, uh, right. it makes it really tough for him to play the game. Uh, yeah. In Seattle, I believe in their defense, and that's why I picked them. And Russell Wilson, 
though this was his second year, he was the guy that wouldn't have a sophomore slump due to him being a pro athlete before. Yeah. You know, so he was he was more mentally prepared for it. Yeah. You know, so but I'll give you props on the Saints. I, I do believe I said Saints would finish second to Atlanta, but they would make it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saints are just fucking killing it. Aren't they? Uh, I, I really, really, really am happy that your prediction's coming right. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> the one. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the, the the dads. I'll take is the Saints, and I'll take uh, Kansas City. Um, and there's one other one that I already forgot that that came out okay, but the rest. Dude, just look at their net points. I mean, that's the six. That's the six number they they're putting up. Uh, you know, I, I give props to Seattle on their net points. Their net points are almost as much as uh, Saints, and you know, mm-hmm. Seattle's lost a game uh, for the Saints haven't. But oh man, it's just it's, it's good to see. I, I don't think you can put. I don't think enough emphasis is put on coaching. And I I I like I I remember Rob Ryan at Oakland. Oakland was a damn good defense when he was there. It's just his personality conflicted with Al Davis's, so he was gone. Then he was good in Dallas, too, but they never protected him. They had Romo throwing picks, and defense is on the short field all the time. He goes somewhere like New Orleans where that's not going to happen with Breeze and Sean Payton, and he's going to be protected. And look at that, 73 points allowed, which, you know, and, and you know, top two in the league or three in the league against the pass. Bro, I'm with you on the Saints. I'll throw on my Breeze jersey all the time. I love that guy. Hey, man. I love that guy. All right. Well, I think we've crushed it all tonight so far, bud. So uh, we don't have Hollywood for weird news. And eh, we missed Snowflake again. Not surprising, but at least he did say he would give it a shot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You have any final thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My final thought has to go in line with it is, you know, one of the cancer awareness months this month in real life. Uh, not just uh, Google Awareness Month like it is on Sports Our Way every single month. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, it's just a simple message to all all my friends at minimum uh, and hopefully to the world. Uh, you know, there's there's appropriate ways and etiquette to call people uh, or reach out to people to let them know, like, a tragedy's happened or you lost a friend or whatnot. You know, and, fa- like, sending somebody a Facebook note to say, hey, by the way, uh, your friend has passed. And not pick up the phone and like dial them is just the most uh, inappropriate way to do it. You know, uh, I lost a uh, partner from high school. Uh, you know, she was one of the co-captains when I was a young runner. Uh, this past week, she's been battling cancer for years. Uh, had bad health problems. You know, and I had to find out through Facebook uh, with my former coaches putting up a post. Uh, talking about how we lost somebody. Uh, but then I would go into my Facebook messages, like it's supposed to be like an email account for me or something that people get a hold of me at. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never access Facebook that often. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things. But, that you know, the best way to get a hold of somebody is let them know there's a tragedy. If you truly, like, want to let them know, and that's to pick up the phone. Because uh, the thoughts that were going through my mind on Friday when I was reading this uh, Facebook post, was like, hey, when's the wake? So I, I texted my mom and said, hey, you know, I heard Bridget pass. When is the wake? She's like, oh, it, we already did it. Oh, Jesus. You know, so uh, you find out shit way too late if people don't pick up the phone. So there's simple etiquette. You know, somebody dies, somebody gets married, somebody has a baby. Phone calls are great because they're in the moment. You can leave a voicemail if you need to. Like, hey, this is an emergency. Call me back. Not sending a Facebook post to somebody who's on nine different social media websites. So I don't have time to like monitor Facebook and messages through Facebook 
since most of the time they're spam anyway. Holy shit. <laughs> um, when, like, I, rem- I uh, when we had to make the decisions about when my mom passed, I remember distinctly telling my sisters, or ta- I shouldn't say telling, talking to my sisters about, all uh, right, we need to call blank, 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 and blank before we even say anything because I don't want them to find out through Facebook. That's just that, that was like one of the first thoughts that came to mind is how horrible it would be to find out that way. I'm sorry you had to find out that way, buddy. That fucking sucks. That really fucking sucks. Um, I guess my final thought would just be it's it's nice to uh, to have somebody to do a show with. I'm glad uh, glad you could make it on, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have the boys on when. Uh, when uh, Hollywood gets back, because I'm sure everyone gets tired of hear, hearing me talk to the to myself and hearing the voices in my head. So thank you and thank everybody that's listening. I appreciate it. So other than that, motherfuckers, we're out. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. This is going to be one fucked up podcast. <laughs> And we've got players now coming up limp. AP in football. This is a guy who's broken down. You don't know the power of the dark side. I believe in karma, man. Seriously? You fellas been doing a bit of booze and have you? Sucking back on grandpa's old cough medicine? Oh, Rondo just got ejected. Seriously? I'm talking about the, the, the pre-intercourse. But there's still maybe some titties. What we've got here is... Failure to communicate. That was a freak day.